0: Good morning from the racing capital of the world, Speedway, Indiana. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host. Thank you for listening to episode 67 of the Cyber.Now podcast, your number one spot for learning about tech, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research. I cannot thank them enough for supporting this show. I also want to thank you guys for listening to this show taking time out of your day to listen to this episode right now. Time is the one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource on this podcast. For those of you who are first-time listeners, and I know that there are some relatively new listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. It is my goal to keep you coming back week in and week out. If you are a returning listener, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask a couple of simple things. Again, just very, very minor, but help this show out tremendously. Share this show with your network. Subscribe, rate, review, and go sign up for my mailing list at cybernowpod.com for the latest news, insights, and behind-the-scenes information. Now, I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've put out an episode like this, and I appreciate you guys' patience. I know last week was busy, had some stuff here around the house that I just needed to get done. Um, and even so, uh, from work, the last couple of weeks have been really busy. The week of the 13th, I, my wife and I, we took the uh, girls down to Florida for fall break, and since coming back... My work schedule has been super busy. also been recording some episodes with Jonathan and Mike on the Books Over Beer podcast, so it's been a little busy, to say the least. But um, for work, I have hosted and or presented three different presentations in the last couple weeks. I do want to take the time to thank the folks at the University of Southern Indiana in Evansville, the HITS folks. Uh, um, let's see the Indiana and Kentucky chapters of Hims for having me present on cyber risk management on October twenty second. I also want to thank Jessica Yeager, Jennifer Trussler, and Ivy or the Ivy Tech Community College for having me present this past week and in, in speaking to the students on taking advantage of your interversion slash extroversion. And about a week or so ago, I hosted a cyber sharing webinar that was for a trusted circle of folks here in the state of Indiana. It was very well attended, got some really good feedback on it. And speaking of, a little bit of a public service announcement for those listeners here in the Indianapolis area on November 14th at the Marriott North. The National Cybersecurity Alliance, and we've talked about them. They're the ones that help out and host the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Month, excuse me. They are hosting two cybersecurity workshops. The first workshop is titled "Cybersecure My Family and Home." Yours truly, along with Daniel Elliott, and uh, who is with the the National Cybersecurity Alliance, and Todd Kosal. And I'm probably butchering his last name. Apologize about that, Todd. He is with the Federal Trade Commission. We all will be on this panel talking to, and and the group is whether or not you have that cybersecurity expertise or not. Really, we're going to be talking about how not to let cyber criminals into your home. And if you want to know about how not to let them into your home through the technology that you have this workshop is for you and this workshop begins at 9 a.m registration i believe starts at 8:30. i'm really looking forward to this workshop additionally at 1 p.m the second workshop titled Cybersecure secure my business this one will discuss why small and mid-sized businesses are targeted by cyber criminals as well this workshop will help you and for those of you that are either owners of small business or work in a you know small or mid-sized business how you can identify which business assets these criminals want how to protect those assets detect when something has gone wrong Also, how to respond quickly and appropriately with an action plan and then recover after a breach should a breach happen. Now, I will have a link to both of these workshops in the show notes. If you have the time and can make it out for one or the other, both of these workshops will be fantastic. Of course, I'm a little biased on the first one, but... With that said, these are really powerful and informative and helpful whether you're looking for your home, your personal cell phone, whatever, or in your, your business life. Very good stuff. Okay, moving right along. We are going to get into some cybersecurity news. Now, this first article is firmwire.com titled, Congress Still Doesn't Have an Answer." For ransomware. And my simple response to this is the reason why they don't have an answer is because this problem cannot be legislated away. It isn't a problem Congress is equipped to answer, nor are they smart enough to answer it, nor is this the right group of people to address this problem. And if you guys have listened to my show before, you know you cannot just continue to think the government, federal, state, local, will be able to address these problems the way that they need to be addressed. The only way ransomware is going to be addressed is if businesses, small to large, do what they need to do to protect their environments. And that includes training their people. It includes putting in the proper safeguards to be able to mitigate this before it's even a problem. That's why events and workshops like will be happening on the 14th are so important. This isn't something, mandating something out of conference or out of Congress isn't going to solve this problem. They have been quote unquote trying to deal with this for years now and have not done jack squat. It is going to take us as individuals both in the cybersecurity field and not to tell our businesses that we work for, these are the things that we need to do to protect ourselves and get it done. All right, so I'm going to get into the article here, step off my soapbox for a little bit. Ransomware has steadily become one of the most pervasive cyber attacks in the world. And while high-profile global meltdowns like the 2017's NotPetya strain Gardner the most attention, localized attacks have devastating consequences as well. Look no further than the cities of Atlanta and Baltimore, whose online operations grounded to a, a halt after ransomware takeovers. Or more recently, Alabama's DCH health system, which had to turn away all but the most critical patients from its three hospitals after hackers seized control of their networks. The attacks affect communities both large and small. In fact, victims often aren't even specifically targeted. Hackers have increasingly focused on so-called managed service providers, companies that remotely handle IT infrastructure for a wide range of customers to get the highest return on their investment. Successful, compromise, one MSP, and you can hit nearly two dozen local Texas governments as one recent example proved. It's the kind of large-scale problem that would benefit from large a large-scale solution. Yet, despite the clear and pervasive danger, Congress, Congress seems stumped. Because, again, they're not smart enough to understand this issue. A couple folks within Congress are, and actually one of them out of Texas is going to be retiring. So that is actually a loss for this effort. But anyway... Quote, there's a gap between the focus and resources here in Washington and what happens in a town of 200,000 people, Representative Jim Himes, Democrat Connecticut tells Wired. While Himes, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, is concerned about the rise of these brazen attacks, he also sees fundamental limitations in the federal government's ability to help stop hyper-local attacks. There's a reason for that. They don't need to be involved in this. This is not something they can handle nor should they be handling. This is a local issue and our local communities need to do something about it. They and that does not include going to the federal government to stop this. The federal government does not need to be involved in this. There are resources, there are solutions, but a lot of our local and county representatives Also, don't understand this issue. And in my opinion, in some cases, they don't want to understand it. It's too complicated, requires too many resources, whatever the excuses is. is They just don't want to handle it, or they're just not smart enough to handle it. This is, again, the reason why this should be handled in the private sector, because the private sector handles these things day in and day out. Not all companies are doing it. Obviously, as we talked, but there are people out here ready and willing to help And but, and I'm going to bash on the cybersecurity companies here. It's also not always about making a buck. It's about doing the right thing for the right reasons, because it's the right thing to do. One of my biggest pet peeves about the cybersecurity industry is they're just too focused on making a buck. There is a way to do this for the common good and still make a little bit of money. But it's not sitting here raking these communities over the coals, charging hundreds of thousands of dollars to do something that really can be scaled down and appropriate that will protect these communities and also these businesses. All right. Last month, the Senate passed a bill that would force the Department of Homeland Security to set up quote, cyber hunt and, quote, cyber incident response units, including bringing in experts from the private sector to help ward off attacks or to help respond after an entity is hit. But even one of that bill's main sponsors, Senator Maggie Hassan, Democrat New New Hampshire, is now calling for the Government Accountability Office to conduct a top to bottom review of the federal government's programs aimed at helping localities and entities crippled by these ransomware attacks. And the government, or the GAO, has done this before, though I think the last report I saw that they have done, or at least maybe it was through the Inspector General's office, showed that DHS has improved a little bit. There's some that have moved from good to better, but there's still a few number of people in the uh, CESA agency, there is a huge demand. This is something the government isn't capable or has the scalability to address these issues for all the thousands of different state, local, county, town governments out there. Quote, the federal government must do more to help state and local governments prevent and respond to cyber attacks and this report will give us a key tool to identify how the federal government is doing in this task i can already tell you they're not as effective as they need to be there's reports to go back for years that says that the federal government isn't doing what it's even constitutionally or legally mandated to do The government is doing any tasks, and what more can be done in quote hassan said in his statement accompanying the release of her letter to the GAO. The letter itself reveals the mysterious depth of this growing problem. Congress and the agencies tasked with protecting America's security are basically clueless when it comes to even understanding the scope of this problem, which is uh, what I've already said. While Congress still lacks tangible or a tangible plan to help mitigate the impact, some members at least seem to be increasingly aware of the issue when wired broached the topic at a recent ransomware attack against connecticut school back on july 16th neither of that state senators really knew about the problem that had gripped their own constituents but when asked again recently senator richard blumenthal democrat connecticut acknowledged the stake of the growing problem Quote, I'm beginning to hear it very loud and clear from officials that they are feeling isolated, alone, incapable of responding, Boomenthal said last month. The senator's newly acquired knowledge on the topic may stem from the spike in high profile ransomware attacks that have struck communities in Arizona, Oklahoma, Virginia, New York, and Texas, just to name a few. Quote, ransomware is one of the growing threats to cybersecurity and the federal government ought to be doing everything possible to assist towns and cities. And quote, Blumenthal said, there's an urgency and immediacy. Blumenthal's now calling for the federal government to provide states with technical expertise and ways to d- defensively combat these attacks, outlines a potential strategy to respond to such an attack. Bowenthal has also called for removing taxpayer dollars from Washington to localities so they can secure and harden their systems. The Pentagon may be fortified against foreign cyber intrusions, but local school districts and municipalities now face sophisticated attacks from hackers or foreign entities that may or that many policymakers view as an attack on America itself. But it's not an easy issue for lawmakers of all stripes, especially when hackers have an economically crippling, crippling cannon pointed at the infrastructure girding up these locals. And cybersecurity is pricey, which is why the federal consensus seems to be to assist localities as opposed to centralizing the protections these towns, school districts, and even hospitals seem to need. Quote, right now we have to make sure that we have a system to help train and support all our local municipalities, but the federal government doesn't seem to have enough money to step in every time there's a there's a ransomware attack. And quote, Representative Dutch Rupens, Berger Democrat Maryland told Wired. There's never going to be enough money to address all of this. There's never going to be enough manpower. They cannot tax this. They cannot legislate this problem away. He argues that even if these actors are foreign states, the burden isn't national, merely local. Quote, eventually they're going to add more money to their technology programs to exist. That's a part of doing business and will be and quote, Burger uh, said, but we have to train them to make sure they have the right people so when this comes up, we can help them. If they are doing the right things, doing backups, patching, antivirus, two-factor authentication, basic 101 stuff, they won't need the federal government's help. Just a little secret. Just, Just want to throw that out there. You know, take care of the basics. Eh, you may get hit, but when you do, eh, it's not going to be something that's going to be crippling. It's not something that's going to take your city services offline for that long. There's some basic stuff that is effective at handling this problem without needing the federal government to come in and save you. I'm sorry, the federal government isn't a bunch of white knights. Now, they can be a valuable partner. From the investigation standpoint, looking at it and going after folks that may be in a foreign country. But even then, that's about the extent of what the FBI or DHS is going to be able to do. Uh, skip this last second to last paragraph, but ended up it says, that's why some federal lawmakers are trying to spur federal agency to provide more assistance and even direction before ransomware claims. Even more victims that could have avoided that fate with a a little extra help. Again, take care of the basics. Do cyber hygiene 101 type of stuff. And you're going to protect yourself a whole lot. Moving on, at least from that article. I'm going to move to a video here from NBC News. And this tells me... this just as an example of why I don't have a whole lot of faith, at least in Congress or even in the president's office, when it comes to cybersecurity. And from this video, it's, you know, old Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York City, legal advisor to President Trump. And this particular news is just coming out. And this was after Oh, in 2017, uh, Giuliani was named cybersecurity advisor to the president. So I'm going to play this video right now for you guys, again, from NBC. It's only just under a minute long. Into a new report yeah. from NBC News. Just weeks after Rudy Giuliani was appointed President Trump's cybersecurity advisor back in 2017, he showed up at an Apple store with a problem. Forgot his iPhone password. He had botched the entry so many times, the device locked him out. A copy of the service ticket from that visit was provided to NBC News. Again, Giuliani was an informal cybersecurity advisor to the president of the United States. As one former employee who was at the Apple store that day put it, quote, Trump had just named him as an informal advisor on cybersecurity. And here, he couldn't even master the fundamentals of securing your own device. Former FBI special agent Michael Anaya had a slightly different response, quote, that's crazy. I'm sure Rudy is a very smart individual, but he's not qualified to be advising on cybersecurity whatsoever. There is just no sane reason or logical explanation that Rudy would be formal or Otherwise, a cybersecurity advisor to the president just blows my mind. And on top of that, there's also some news that came out just recently that Rudy has butt-dialed a quote-unquote legend according to to Wired. So skipping to—or actually, I should see back to NBC News on this butt-dial report. I'll play another quick video for you. You know, Charles— would have a hard time with a fraud case because he didn't do any due diligence tomorrow i gotta get you to get on the plane. you gotta call got to call robert again tomorrow is hey, robert around the problem is we need some money we need a few hundred thousand i think my agency even I'm not sure. How good it is. He didn't do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. I got I got yeah. Give me options. Yeah. yeah so there's that. Rudy's butt dialing reporters, and why this reporter is recording, and and also why this recorder's uh, reporters, sorry, is at the top of Rudy's phone to be butt dialed to begin with. Hmm. Makes you want to think, I mean, was this an accident or was it it an accident? I don't know. Uh, try not to speculate, but it has to make you go. Hmm. All right, guys, that's it for this week's show. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something from it. Again, if you can get up to the Indianapolis Marriott North on November 14th, Check out one or both of the workshops that will be put on by the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Delta Research, for their support. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can go to the show's webpage at cybernowpod.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Polititech or email me at nick at thepolititech.com. Finally, if you think this show is worthy, go to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, follow the show, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, I will be back again to do this thing once more. Until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.